Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdette. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. And uh, welcome back to another non-video episode because we still don't have our shit together. But don't worry, that's slowly coming together. Uh, maybe not next week, but the week after, for sure, we should be back to video. Although, never believe anything I tell you because it never really pans out that way. But uh, we're really happy to be back. We only have like two and a half major stories to talk about. But, uh, you know, hopefully it'll still be around the same, like, 25 minutes. We'll see. But, uh, Ryan, truly really glad to be back with you, bro. Yeah, it's fun, man. I was about to say, do you want to put some money on that uh, we'll be video in two weeks? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I probably shouldn't have said that. No, but, um, but, uh, for it. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's all about, it's all about the principle of, of goals and how often you don't achieve them. But anyway, um, Reality is often disappointing. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, but also, um, we just wrapped filming Contrition, our next short film, which we're very excited to put out. Um, it's going to take me forever to edit this bitch, though, because uh, for any video editors out there, I have to edit a 14-second sequence frame by frame. I won't tell you why I have to do that, but um, oh my lord, do I have some work to do. But uh, I'm not really looking forward to that at all. I did the math, and I know you said you didn't want to hear this number. It is... 336 frames. Why the fuck would you tell me that? <laughs> My god. One day when I'm off work, I just have to sit down like for like four hours yeah. and just fucking do it. I could see you literally pulling out your hair as I said that. <laughs> That's great. Thank god the cameras aren't on today. No, but uh, but yeah, so uh, we're going to do that. But first, let's go on to our first big story. Spider-Man and the MCU. This is old news to all of our listeners by now. We really suck. But uh, hey, this is our thoughts and opinions because yeah, no yeah. one else has our thoughts and opinions. Not at all. Just That's what's fun about this, you know? Fuck the old news. We're gonna give you it now. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I-, I thought it was just being like, "Oh, did you hear that Tom Holland's gonna be our new Spider-Man?" Like crazy. <laughs> no, but uh, um, That's from the MCU. yeah, a Spider-Man and the MCU. Um, quick timeline. Um, back in like 2015 or 20, maybe late 2014, emails got hacked from Sony, and you saw that there was some conversations going on with Marvel Studios and Disney that possibly about possibly making a deal of Spider-Man being allowed to be in the MCU, which got everyone going. And then it happened. Excuse me, with Captain America: Civil War, and then they made a deal that he would show up in three Marvel movies, and then there'd be. We had, well, three Marvel, like, actual Marvel movies. And then Kevin Feige and Marvel would produce two movies for them. And then a new deal would have to be made. Well, they went back to make that new deal, and it didn't exactly go well. Um, the original deal, and there, there are several trades reporting on this. It was initially broken by Deadline. But Hollywood Reporter and Variety have now both put in their input on this. But with um, everything that's been going on, what we've gathered from all of these sources is this. Basically, the original deal, the merchandising rights were sold to Marvel a few years ago from Sony for Spider-Man for a flat rate of, like, I think almost $200 million, which is actually pretty cheap yeah. But um, for merchandising. But, and for such a popular character, too. Yeah, yeah. And a part of the deal was um, when Marvel and Kevin Feige would produce the Sony movies, Marvel would get 5% of the first ticket gross and sony would get the rest and sony would let them use spider-man in the mcu and not see a dime of it but sony also financed their sony films that marvel and kevin feige were producing um they paid for everything well when the new deal came up 
Naturally, Disney, who's made that character very successful, produced their film, the first Spider-Man film to cross a billion dollars ever, and just all the success that they brought on in, you know, the MCU. And Sony, knowing that Spider-Man being in the MCU is pretty much free advertising for him in the Sony movies. Naturally, Disney wanted some more money. And Kevin Feige was not a part of these negotiations, by the way. It was just Disney's Alan Horn. Well, not, not just Disney's Alan Horn, but Alan Horn and... Uh, Sony's part, big guy, I forget his name, really, really became part of these negotiations. Obviously, it's a very big deal. And while they're negotiating, um, Disney was like, hey, we want to co-finance these movies with you. We want to pay for some of these movies. And we want a 50-50 stake in the movies. And Deadline reported that they wanted 50-50 in the Venom movie, more like all of all of Sony's Marvel stuff, which is a really stupid thing that Sony would have agreed to. And they were like, Sony from their perspective, was like, look, Spider-Man's, we own that character, you know, whether you like it or not. And there are, it's our most popular IP. Like, we don't mind giving you guys a raise because you've helped us out a lot, but we're not giving you a 50-50 split. They're like, but we want to co-finance. And it's like, yeah, but if you co-finance, then you own that movie. Like, you own half of that movie. And new characters that come up in that movie, it's now a question of ownership of who owns those characters now. Like, no. Like, that... We're not going to let you co-finance the movie that way. Very tricky situation if you went the 50-50 route. Yeah, especially with the co-financing part of it. And Sony was just like, this is our most popular character. No Spider-Man movie has ever made less than $700 million. Venom made $800 million without you. No. Like, sorry, but no. And, the, and then Sony counter-offered. Sony was like, listen, what about a 70-30 split? Or even maybe it was like a 75-25 split, which I think Hollywood Reporter reported. And then Disney walked away and said, no, it's either what we want or we're done. And now Spider-Man's not going to be part of the MCU anymore, but Tom Holland is going to play him. He's contractually obliged to play him at least one more time. Now, this obviously didn't make fans very happy. Um, and I'm sure that people involved in the, like, in the movies have feelings, particularly Kevin Feige. But that, that's the reality of what happened. Um, Disney kind of really screwed up that deal. Although Sony was blamed initially, and I did love the memes, but people are now starting to realize, like, ah, Disney kind of fucked that up. And it's true, they did. Um, but something, something that I think is really important to point out here is Tom Holland is in kind of a... People think that he's in kind of a lose scenario, that he's not going to be in the MCU. I see him as sort of in a winning scenario, because while he's like 7th or 8th or ninth most important in the MCU... He's number one importance of Sony right now. And if he makes a third Spider-Man movie, it won't be in the MCU, but it w- when he makes a third Spider-Man movie and it's time to renegotiate his contract, hella money is going to go to Tom Holland because he is the number one star over there right now. And I, I, I don't see this as a losing scenario for him. Obviously, he wishes he was still part of the MCU. And from a storytelling perspective, they really have to come up with a way creatively to, like, for Far From Home, what happened at the end of that movie. They have to come up with something there. Which I think it could be easy as Doctor Strange saying, oh, the kid needed to disappear, so I made it happen. Done. I mean, that's probably not how they're going to do it. They might even not address it at all, because they can't even say Spider-Man without Sony's permission. Maybe they can say the kid, or refer to him as that. Who knows? But uh, it's a tricky situation for everyone. But uh, honestly, I'm not that upset with Sony. They even offered a 70-20 co-financing deal, which still would have been a bad idea. And if Disney's still going to walk away from that, then Sony was right to not give away their best IP. You don't trade your best player if you're the coach. And, you know, Disney thought that they could... I don't want to use the word bully, but I will. They thought they could sort of bully Sony into making it happen, and it didn't work that way. And, you know, honestly, good for them. Yeah. And uh, But, obviously, as a fan, as a fan, 
not thinking about it from a business perspective. I wish Spider-Man was still in the MCU, and I'm part of me is still hoping that they can work out a deal before the third Spider-Man movie at Sony moves any more forward. Because you know they're already working on that shit now. Yeah. And uh, just what what are your thoughts on this whole situation? And just what what input do you have? Uh, it is really upsetting that Spider-Man's not going to be in the MCU like like everyone else. Uh, as a fan of it. Uh, you could see that he that not only Tom Holland but like the character of Spider-Man had a lot more fun with like Marvel characters versus like just Spider-Man characters that we've seen in the past. Like he just like Tom Holland was really having fun with everyone else on set. But uh, from a business perspective, Disney was 100% trying to bully Sony. Um, and the fact because I didn't even know that Sony counteroffered. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's just Disney trying to rule the world. And just t- trying to take what they think's theirs when Sony does rightfully own the character. They bought him, yeah, yeah. so they own him legally. So it's just, it's a shame that Disney thinks that they can do this and get away with it. And then how everyone is, like, against Sony, even after, like, all these things have come out. People are still against Sony and boycotting them and stuff. And it's stupid because it's like, Sony tried, you know? They, like you said, they counteroffered that's been reported so it's just fascinating to see how everyone is still on disney's side or the majority of people i should say are on disney's side when in reality sony tried i mean obviously they own the character so they're going to want more of the profit which is why they countered with 70 or 75 or whatever it was but at least they were giving marvel way more than just five percent with the initial deal so it's a shame but i mean as a fan it, it really sucks but from a business business perspective sony was completely in the right on this and you know they tried and disney didn't want to play ball so uh what's really fascinating though that we're doing this after d23 because mm-hmm. d23 as everyone knows is like disney's big yeah. like uh convention where they reveal everything that's going to be happening mm-hmm. uh because there was a lot of speculation because this came out about this time last week about monday tuesday last week uh, D- D23 was just this past weekend, so a lot of people were kind of hoping that maybe that they could come to a deal, and then during the Marvel panel, they'll be like, hey guys, so like, we kind of fucked things up, but we fixed it, here it is, uh, but unfortunately nothing came from that. Tom Holland did go on stage and was like, you know, kind of apologizing to everyone, but like, that was pretty much it, so yeah, no, nothing came from D23, it's, a, it's upsetting as a fan, but uh, from business perspective makes complete sense yeah and um and and from the comments from kevin feige and a bunch of people involved they're commenting very much like no it's dead like we're done and it's sad Mm -hmm. so which doesn't leave me with much optimism that they're going to make a deal but i'm literally hoping because i mean hey james gunn was fired until he wasn't yeah so that's like one of the only things that's keeping me going about it but hey if they make a third spider-man movie that's not mcu with tom holland it'll, it'll be confusing to general audiences for sure but if it's good I'm not going to complain about it. You know what I mean? And I think that the character's built up enough rep. I mean, the character's already been one of the most popular superheroes of all time. But now he's billion-dollar status, which is no easy feat. People think that's easy. That's not. And, you know, I think hopefully Sony has learned a thing or two from Feige producing their movies, and they don't make similar mistakes that they've made in the past. Because while while they've made some great Spider-Man movies the best Spider-Man movies, they've also made some stinkers. So I just hope that this third Spider-Man one end up being on the better side. I think John Campia said it. Sony produced two of the best Spider-Man movies of all time, Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man Into the Mm Spider-Verse. Those were 100% Sony, Mm -hmm. and those are the best Spider-Man movies of all time, without Marvel's help at all. 
So, like you said, they've created the best, but they've also created some stinkers. I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of them, like even The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. I know that a lot of people don't like those, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed them for what they were. But, uh, I, like you said, hopefully Sony learned a thing or two from Kevin Feige producing it because he's very hands-on as a producer, which is nice. So, uh, they, they should have all the formulas for a great Spider-Man 3 uh, with the success of Venom. Maybe you'll see, you know, Venom pop up or something like that, or or Spider Man and Venom in the next movie. So, uh, just kind of have to see and how going to see how it all plays out. But I'm very interested to see like what the future of Spider Man is going to be. Uh, I have full faith in Sony right now until they screw it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it right now. Like I believe in them until they 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 blow it. Yep. Yeah, but uh, let's go ahead and go on to our next story. As you mentioned, D23 happened. Yes. And uh, something that Disney owns and they love very much is Star Wars. And while they did do a whole presentation of their live-action movies like Maleficent 2, Emma Stone's Cruella de Vil, and a bunch of us... looks fucking phenomenal. She looks great as Cruella de Vil. The the image was really nice. Um, Obviously, they they did a lot of TV stuff, which we won't talk about because we like to do movies. But my hope is one day, and by one day, probably 10 years from now... I want Nick to do his own movie nights television podcast because of all the TV that guy freaking watches. I would love for him to do that. But uh, for now, we'll just stick to the movie stuff. Um, Star Wars. They just released a quote-unquote trailer, which is more like a get-hype video, basically, for The Rise of Skywalker. Um, It showed clips from every single episodic Star Wars movie and some kick-ass footage from The Rise of Skywalker, with obviously the big one being Rey with a double-bladed red saber in a cloak. Um, and, you know, you get a bunch of, like, Imperial Star Destroyers, which raises some questions. Like, I thought those were gone, but, you know, whatever. Um, well, I- I'm stoked for this movie, and this footage just brought it up even higher. What did you think of the new Star Wars footage? It looks beautiful, and J.J. is going to save us all. <laughs> um, it's funny, because, like, with the dual-wielding lightsaber... You know that's when Duel of Fates is gonna play. Oh, I hope fucking. Hope so. <laughs> um, it looks beautiful. Uh, I'm very interested to see how they're gonna play the uh, red lightsaber, like because red lightsaber is the Sith, the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, with the last movie, Last Jedi, you know Luke's kind of like, fuck the Jedi, fuck everything, you know, just like be whatever you want to be, just choose what you want to do. And uh, I'm curious to know if that's going to play a role with it because I don't really see her turning bad Mm -hmm. uh, because she's seen, like, some pretty messed up stuff. So I'm curious if it's just going to be as simple like, hey, that red lightsaber looks pretty cool. So I'm just going to go ahead and take it. I hope that's what it is. Yeah. Like how? (laughs) Because then everyone would fucking be up in arms like, no, that's the Sith. Like, no, fuck it. Like, what if it looks cool and she just wants to take it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I... I see eye to eye on that one. Uh, but yeah, no, I loved the footage. I think it looks beautiful. Um, that fight that Kylo and Rey are going to have on that water bridge or oh, whatever yeah. looks insane. I'm all for it. I hope this movie's five and a half hours of just pure Star Wars. But uh, It's the last. It's ending a saga. Yeah. Ugh. Until they make episode 10. Until this movie makes like $5 billion <laughs> and they're like, hey, maybe we should make another one. Yeah. All right, here's a box office prediction. How much do you think it's going to make? Box- How much did Force Awakens make? Force Awakens made $2 billion. Last Jedi made, I think it crossed 1.5. Fuck. Okay, I think it'll make more than Last Jedi. Okay. On the sole reason that 
that movie was very diverse in the fan base. Yeah, like it's it, yeah yeah it split the fan base in half. I think this movie is gonna bring everyone back together. It won't make more than The Force Awakens. No, because that was such an event movie. It was like the yes. first Star Wars movie in ten years, all that stuff. I'm gonna say, what's today's date? Today is it is August twenty sixth. Yeah. The movie comes out in three months, four months, something like that. I'm bad with timelines. Yep. I'm gonna say 1.7 billion. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Um, just barely. Just fucking barely. We're talking billions. Yeah. Just, just barely more than Last Jedi, but far farther down from Force Awakens. Okay, I can see that happening totally. Um, and that's where if I was gonna make a prediction, I'd put it around the same, like maybe one point seven five. But my thing is, it the box office of this will be very telling of the fan base right now, because obviously Last Jedi made a boatload of money, and Last Jedi was never gonna make more than Force Awakens. And yeah, while some people really don't like that movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie. People who say, like, oh, look how much less it made than Force Awakens. That's because people hated it. It's like, no, it made $1.5 billion. Like, no. Yeah. Like, it, that's not... You can't say that. And also, with... um, and It was the number one grossing movie of the year. Guys, don't get me started on that shit. But, um, but basically, <laughs> basically, um, with this new one, if it makes significantly less... Like, if this, for example... I, th- I don't think this will happen. But if this movie, because this movie looks like it's being made for like $300 million, like it looks expensive, which means it has to break like $800 million, maybe $700 million to be to break even. Which it'll easily do because it's a yeah. Star Wars IP. Yeah, yeah. But if it makes less than a billion, while it won't be a flop, it'll be a disappointment in the eyes of Disney mm-hmm. because of how easy they've made that shit seem, even though that's not easy at all. And with this, it'll be very telling because Solo flopped hard it was not it, it didn't break even at all which is a shame because that's a fun movie I, I love i love that movie but like it is a shame but what i'm kind of getting at here is let's see because people think that sony was kind of or jesus sony solo was kind of a one-time flop thing of like nobody wanted to see that goddamn movie and they still made it you know what i mean and but people try to blame last jedi for that I, maybe Two percent of the box office was because people who didn't like Last Jedi didn't go see Solo, but there I know a lot of people went to go see Solo because they didn't like Last Jedi, and they're like, I just need a new Star Wars movie, you know. And then it was it came out in May and not December. There are so many factors to Solo not being a success, and because of how expensive it was with the reshoots, like it's a whole thing. But it'll be telling how much money Rise of Skywalker makes, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see what that final number ends up being. Now with you know the fan base being as diverse as it is right now. I think you, I think the word you're looking for is divisive. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have not heard a single bad thing about the footage so far. No, but which is a very good sign across the fan base because yeah. you know half yeah. the people like Last Jedi, yeah. half the people didn't. Yeah. So with everyone coming together and liking what they're seeing mm-hmm. is a huge step in the right direction it is a big step in the right direction but everyone loved the last jedi footage also when they were showing that shit yes okay so it's gonna be we gotta wait till the movie yeah but but you are right in that the marketing has been killing it and trying to unite this fan base yeah because this movie kind of jj's got a lot in his shoulders again i i I, I love jj (laughs) me too just but i have a funko pop of this man like come on it's so great he's so great but 
you know, he had to bring Star Wars back and make it good, and now he's got to save it. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a whole thing. We love J.J. around yeah. here. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, it'll be interesting to see. And there was one more story you want to do a follow-up from last week. Yeah. So go ahead and explain what we talked about last week and what we're going to talk about now. So last week, uh, there was an article, I believe is Hollywood Reporter, um, basically saying that with scary stories to tell in the dark coming out, uh, being a PG-13 horror movie, kind of directed towards kids, but like teenagers, I guess, mm-hmm. um, like, like preteens, pre-teens. yeah, like preteens, getting them into horror and like, you know, expanding their horizon with movies or whatever. So we actually saw the movie since we did that episode. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on the movie and then kind of touching base on the article. I, I couldn't find the article if I try to pull it up, but basically it was saying that, uh, this movie is going to usher in a bunch of new, or it, it should usher in a new wave of like horror movies kind of aimed at preteens to like get them interested in the genre and then interested in horror movies that way when they grow up. They see rated R movies and they absolutely love it, and it's gonna just bring in better and better horror movies compared to what we've seen with like just jump scares, and then it's a trash movie. Yeah. So uh, I kind of want to get your thoughts on the movie and then on that philosophy of horror movies. Yeah. Our thoughts on the movie are a little different, and I know that all six of our viewers love it when we disagree. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was cute. Was it this all-around great, fantastic movie? No, but I think it was very enjoyable. I thought that. It got its point across with its audience, and for a movie that was aimed at that audience, it was fucking scary, man. Like, I now I get why people at work were, like, coming out, like, I gotta get a refund, because this movie's fucking scary for my seven-year-old, you know? Like, and, and I completely get that. Pretty much, it's like the house with the clock on its walls and goosebumps, but, like, on crack. Like, it's scary. And um, as for this new wave of PG-13 horror movies, PG-13 horror movies have been around for a long time. But they, there are two different types of PG-13 horror movies that we briefly talked about before we started filming. There's the PG movie that's just a little bit too scary to be PG. And then there's the movie that's rated R, but it's not violent, so it got a PG-13. PG-13 is a magic rating. It can be a less intense R or a more intense PG, and it's the same gray area. And with movies like Insidious and A Quiet Place, stuff like that, The Ring... That's like an R-rated horror movie, but just not violent enough to actually be rated R. But it's aimed for adults. And then you have movies like Scary Stories of Hell in the Dark that are aimed for kids and preteens, but are so scary that it couldn't be PG. And so I think that the Hollywood Reporter article is correct. I think this will usher in a new generation of kids to like love horror because of this film. That we'll see 10 years from now, 20 years from now, someone saying that they saw this movie as a kid, loved it, and now they want to make horror movies. Now... I liked the movie personally. I thought it was fun. Not great, but it was fun and enjoyable and cute. Uh, but um, but my philosophy is, liked the movie, and I agree with the philosophy of the article, but I think that you should also recognize other movies that have done that, like House with a Clock in Its Walls. Didn't make all that much money, but I thought it was a cute movie that kind of did the same thing, although that was more childish and not as scary. I think Scary Stories was definitely more scary. But uh, what are your thoughts on the philosophy of the article and your thoughts on the movie as well? Yeah, actually, uh, go ahead and give your grade for the movie. I don't know if you just did that, but oh no, um, I, I'd probably give Scary Swiss on the Dark a B minus. Okay, just like a, it was, it was. I liked it. It yeah. was, it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't really like it. Like it was just okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I remember calling you after the movie, mm-hmm. and I actually saw it before you did, mm-hmm. 
and when I talked to you, I was like, it's basically Goosebumps, but scarier, mm-hmm. which is what the movie is. Yeah. Like you said, it's ushered or uh, it's aimed towards uh, kids and preteens, which for them, like I could, I could, I could imagine an eight-year-old watching that and be like, this is fucking terrifying. Yeah. I'm going to have nightmares for the rest of my life. Because yeah. if I was eight and I watched that, I'd be fucked up for life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that shit will fuck you up for life. Good pull. Um, yeah, so, like, I could see it, you know, being horrifying for a child to watch that. Uh, but, you know, as someone who's 22 years old, I didn't really see what everyone was, you know, ranting and raving about. I uh, didn't really like the dialogue. There was a fucking line in there that I audibly went, are you fucking kidding me, in a quiet theater, and it drove me up the wall once I heard it. Um, a lot of character mannerisms I did not fucking care for, uh, and I'll tell you what they are. I wear glasses all the time because I'm fucking blind. The main chick in this movie, and I don't know if it's her or if it's the director's call, but she has glasses, and she fucking touches them every 10 seconds, and it drove me crazy. As someone who wears glasses 24-7, I don't touch my glasses that much. And it, it it's just like small shit like that that just really bothers me. Because like obviously she has glasses. She doesn't need to be touching them all the time. Like it just, I don't know, something like that just bothered me through the whole movie. I can't explain it further than that. It just drove me fucking bananas. Um, but I thought the monsters were really well done. Um, the scary aspect of it was kind of scary. Uh, they did a little bit of jump scares naturally to like get that audience. Cause I know a lot of people go to watch horror movies for the jump scare factor, even though I don't fucking believe in it. I think it's stupid. Um, so they kind of like got a little bit of that. I thought the suspense was fucking great how they did the suspense. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was just an okay movie. So, uh, I mean, I don't grade, but I'd give it like two and a half stars. So about a D, I'd say, for your grade. Yeah, no, no, neat, interesting. But uh, how do you feel about the Hollywood Reporter article? Do you think that that's an accurate take? Right, yeah, that that was the second part of the fucking story. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd say that's accurate. Uh, Obviously, in my opinion, they need to put out like better movies, but I could definitely see this as like a starting point uh, to usher in some new horror movies. because uh, like I said, like jump scares, I think are pointless and stupid. But if you are able to create more horror movies with the suspense that this movie had, I think you have some great movies coming in, in the next few years. Uh, so I'm very excited to see like the direction of uh, horror or the new direction that horror is going to take if it does take from this movie. Um, like I said, the suspense was great. They did have a little bit of jump scares. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the future. Hopefully, you know, some people draw inspiration from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And, um, especially with like a producer like Guillermo del Toro, if they can keep up that like really creepy design, practical look going, Mm -hmm. I'm down for it. And I feel like for PG 13 movies, they need to have like a solid producer for horror movies. Cause like Jason Blum is fucking killing it with rated R, Mm -hmm. uh, horror movies. So if they just have someone who's like, okay, this is like what preteens want to see. Let's do it. Like Guillermo del Toro, if he just sticks with like creating these PG-13 horror movies, I think he'll eventually find it. And then that'll just fucking have a rush of movie makers and filmmakers to like have that target audience. And then they'll just produce some 
kick-ass stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, hopefully. I mean, that that's the real goal. I, I just want more people to like movies, yes. especially horror films. But, uh, but yeah, but I'd say that's all the time we got for today. That was a nice little fun little chat. Um, yeah, um, we'll see you guys next week, and um, if my prediction's correct, the week after that, we might be on <laughs> camera, but we'll fucking see. Please give me shit if we start that episode and there's no visuals. Both both the comments and y- you, Ryan. I will. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. We'll see you guys next time.